Namaste, my friends. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack, coming at you live from right here, Happy Jack Yoga headquarters in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And as always, I'm here with... Happy Hannah, and I am today in Rome, Italy. That sounds cool. That sounds very exotic. Rome. I've never been to Rome. I've been to Italy, like Venice and up in the north, uh, but I've not been to Rome. But this is the cool thing about technology today, regardless of where we are, you know, you can hop in a flight, sleep in an airplane, and all of a sudden we're, we keep doing what we're doing. Or you can be like me, who, uh, because of the snowstorms on the East Coast, your flight can get canceled. And when you're supposed to be in Boston, you're still here in Canada. But you know what, I'm, I'm good with that. I think that everything happens for a reason. Uh, the divine, uh, whatever, had a plan, and it's, it's given me a few extra days to work on the new course that's coming out next week. So I think, I think it actually worked out really well. And that course is uh, Krishna in Christ, which we'll say a little bit more about in the, in the podcast today, but just what a beautiful opportunity to explore, explore divinity and explore two great yogis and to, to you know, take in the teachings of these great beings and discern you know what resonates with us and and decide what can we apply in our lives and that's really the opportunity we have as yogis every time we take a yoga class or attend a yoga course is discern for ourselves you know what resonates and what are we going to implement so that's that's uh, what it's all about what is on your heart right now hanna well i'm grateful to be here and i was thinking about when you were sharing about the course with Krishna and Christ and um, you're going to your ashram Krishna life and here I am in Rome which is one of the major reasons why Christianity is a world religion as of today because of the Romans and even just in Rome itself Regina my friend who I'm with here she told me yesterday that there are over 900 churches in only just Rome Wow. So imagine how long that would take to visit them all. Wow. That's mm-hmm. so cool. It sounds like a very spiritual place, yeah. you know, and that's, that is nice when we can be, be in those environments that, you know, I've seen some of your Instagram stories. I've, I've, I've uh, re uh, installed Instagram uh, to my phone because, because you're going to be putting up some posts. So I want to keep track of all the goodness you're creating. And I saw some of your stories and, and there's like a lot, just a lot of beautiful spiritual things that I've seen that you, whenever you visit there. And um, yeah, you know, it's like, I guess it's as I reflect on the past holidays, right? We're just coming out of the holiday season and I feel, I feel so much gratitude for a number of reasons. You know, one, Hanna, we got to spend, a, we had a team day together with Kristen, the Muskoka team. And one of the things we did is we went through the Google reviews of you know that students who have done courses with us have left reviews on google and it's it's just so inspiring to see the impact to see the the yogis who are taking the tools and applying them to their to their lives and to see the the transformation in their relationships in their health in their work uh, in the way they feel about themselves and it's like i feel like anytime if we ever feel discouraged or one of those days we're like you know, just can't get out of bed in the morning. You know, some t- if this is a reminder for all of us as, as yoga, yoga teachers, you know, just remember the, the impact we get to have and the conversations that we get to have. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's a, 
a big part of what yoga is. It's, it's being, it's being authentic. Um, it's being able to have these meaningful conversations. I, I was sharing with Hannah just before we hit start here, I had a therapy session yesterday. So that's number five, five therapy sessions in the books. I'm almost fixed. No, I'm just teasing. There's no, there's no such thing as fixed or, but gosh, does it feel so good to just be in that conversation? And there's so much I could share about that discussion. Um, but you know, one of the things that, that she reminded me of is cause I, cause some of the insights that I was having and I was sharing with you, Hannah, I want to, I want to share some of this with you and, and be in the conversation and, and we want to share it with our community. And because that really is what, what yoga is all about is having real and meaningful conversations. So it's a pleasure to be here today. What is with yourself, Han, as you reflect on the holidays, going through the Google reviews, um, the, the our time together over the holidays, what, what stands out to you? I'll talk to the Google reviews first, because I put up a post today on Happy Jack Yoga. Um, all the channels because what stood out to me when I read the, the the incredible reviews that people leave is the fact that it's a community and that's why I felt like I can put this up as a post and it's not like um you know bragging or doesn't feel wrong to to post it because almost every single one of the Google reviews are not about us as you and me, Jack, as teachers or what we've created, but more about the community. And that's what I always feel. I feel the same way, just like all of those reviews, I feel the same way. I feel gratitude for all of us coming together. And I always say it when people give us acknowledgements, I always say it's a co-creation. Because it is like what you say, Jack, it's a, it's a conversation that we get to have. All of the yoga that we do really is a conversation. And if you don't participate, then it's just me, one-way conversation. Whereas I feel like our community is where we are in it together. And that's so beautiful and so meaningful. It never makes it boring. And it, it, it always surprises me how we come together over and over and over again on every single call on in every training and every time it's different because we all contribute in different ways although there's a syntax we go through similar techniques and and the syntax is the same but every time we come together it's a new precious present moment mm. and it's really beautiful to see that. And it makes me so humble and grateful to be able to lead and contribute to a con community like this one, where all the conversations are meaningful. Mm. So that was really, that's what stood out to me about the Google reviews. And yeah, yeah I look forward to seeing what we can create because also another impact that these reviews have on us as a team is when we read them, we become really lit up and we, I look forward to seeing what we, how that inspires us to create other things and keep serving and always improve what we're doing. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like it also an other uh, conversation that we get to keep having as a team in Happy Jack Yoga. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and I, I started that conversation just a couple of days ago. On Sundays with the community, we have our, our Sunday satsang. And actually, uh, Alice is here. We got to have a nice little chat with Alice and others. And, and I was sharing with the community that like inspired by the Google reviews and inspired by, um, you know, just, just an awareness that we have, like we recognize we're, I feel like we're so blessed to, to be a part of this community that we've all co-created and the, the disconnect, however, or the opportunity for improvement is for example, our, our website. Um, some of the the newsletters that I send, some of our social media presence, um, not that it's bad, but it doesn't exactly represent the, you know, the experience. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't represent the community, doesn't represent the experience here in the Zoom room uh, within the courses. And so it really has served as an inspiration, you know, instead of having our traditional goals, which we always have of like, how can we grow? How can we, how can we in, invite more yogis into the community to empower and help? You know, that's, that's always a goal, but it's like, how can we upgrade our, our um, communications? And, and so it's a little bit of a rebranding experience, really the, what we do day to day and the, and the courses we do is not changing. I mean, of course, we'll always continue to improve, but it's more like, how do we match uh, the communication to what we actually do? And it's, and it only comes through the, this feedback and this conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's super exciting. And, and talking about like meaningful conversations, you know, I, you know, thank you, hun. I feel like the last, you know, as with any relationship, whatever the nature of it, right? Like sometimes it goes really smooth. I'm not sure how. Maybe Alice and Scott, you guys are just like seamless, and it's just always high vibe and perfect. I'm not, you know, it's head shaking, <laughs> right? There's like, uh, there's, there's, it's, it's delicate, uh, a relationship and there's a, there's a dynamic and there's a, you know, we're always going through different things. And, and I feel like at, at moments of the holidays, we had some, you know, disagreements, which is normal, but I feel like the last few days before you left, you know, we were really able to come together and have some meaningful conversation and, and and it and it and, really stems. and maybe navigate some deep waters as well in yeah. you know our relationship that is um, kind of constantly shifting and uh, you know like you say it's something that we navigate and this Christmas we had time to to discuss and maybe even grieve some of it and you know yeah. I feel like I did. I, that, that's something that I needed to do. You know, I shared, I shared with you, Hanna, it's uh, like on one side, I, you know, I genuinely want you to be happy. I want you, I want you to live just the, I want you to live your dream life and to be able to do all the things that, that you deserve and that you aspire for. Um, and at the same time, selfishly, as I shared with you, you know, I, it would be ideal if you're not like in a relationship with another guy, <laughs> you know, or I'm thinking like, um, <clears throat> yeah, just thinking like um, to the thought of that, like I discovered kind of hurts me or it makes me sad and which is interesting, right? Cause on one side, like we recognize our, in a way, in, in one aspect, our paths are diverging, not with regards to the work we do, but perhaps with our intimate relationship, it's diverging apart. Um, and yet there was this part of me that, you know, the, the, the nature of the friendship we have, the nature of the relationship we have is like it, you know, it, it, there's 
aspects of it that feels really good, right? That we get to still uh, live together parts of the year, we get to work together. And I guess it was just a, a recognition for myself um, that there, there's like an internal conflict. So nothing externally needs to change per se, right? I want, obviously want you to, to live your life to the fullest. And I have some let in, like internal detachment to do. And, uh, and, and as mm-hmm. you pointed out, like that could be a part of the, the grieving process or the letting go process and the navigating. And um, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's what's beautiful is that you're open to sharing and instead of maybe creating stories or resentment or, you know, traditionally people would then push away and not, you know, not engage um, and and create distance and maybe conflict that you choose not to do that, I think is, I'm grateful for that. I'd rather have a relationship with you that is real and and raw, whether it's, you know, now it's a friendship, but it's a relationship as friends. So I would rather have that kind of friendships than, than superficial ones. I think that's really great that you're able to, you know, not create conflict or distance, even if it's, um, you know, maybe a little bit challenging for you. And maybe you're learning to know something about yourself in this transition that we might have to kind of mention as well. Like we have decided to uncouple a year and a half ago. And sometimes I think, these things happen gradually, right? And it's been some years in the making, probably. And there's some parts of our friendship that doesn't need to change or be abandoned. And and I think we can keep our friendship when we don't have resentment. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you say about you know, you'd rather us be able to have this open uh, conversation than than creating stories. And I caught myself. And as I shared with you, you know, I was I was inventing scenarios like the the one night over the holidays, I was babysitting my nephews and, you know, we're, we're eating pizza and watching a movie and and many late movies. Night, we watched one movie together and we ate together. Yeah, we did. And you guys no, kept we, going. We binged <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, to clarify. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, in, in the evening, you were late in the evening, you were on the phone and I started creating all these stories of like, oh, she's on the phone with some guy. It can't be a girlfriend. It can't be Aaron. Aaron would be sleeping. She's got young kids. Can't be Regina. She's in, she's in Europe. Like it's too late. And I'm like creating these stories and these scenarios in my mind. And, and even, and then even when you went out for a long walk and my nephews are like, Hanna went for a really long walk. And then like, you know, I'm starting to get all, yeah, that, she's been out for like an hour and a half. Well, I wonder what she's doing. Who's she talking to? And, and I noticed that was simply causing suffering for myself and, and not everything was just hypothetical. And, um, and so I guess I recognized in myself, this is not serving this. All it's doing is creating stress for me and, and, and having me feel, you know, not good towards you. And I don't want that. So I think that's what really stemmed the conversation and just being able to be real and, you know, then we kind of, yeah, just be able to talk it through, you know, and I think that is part of the, 
the journey and the process. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and open yeah. and willing. And the, the other thing I mentioned, so I had that great therapy session yesterday. I wish I could articulate my, like my, my therapist is just so damn good. You like, I wish I could articulate everything that she said, but I guess I have to do the work. So I get it. Not just, not just in my head, but it like, it really lands. But you know, the one thing she kind of said, she's like, well, Jack, and, and, and she has a similar lifestyle to me. Like she's a, a bhakti yogi and she, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't eat animal products and she doesn't take intoxicants. Um, but she's like, you know, actually Jack, probably the majority of your yoga community is, is kind of more quote unquote normal in the sense that like they're, they have, they have working careers, they have families, they, they engage in different things. And probably Hanna is a lot more like many of your students than you are. So, you know, so just be, being aware of that, that, you know, even, even if I'm trying out different things and experimenting with different things and, you know, next podcast, yeah, I've said it and now I'm going to, I'm going to say it again right now, because then it makes it like, I can't back down, but uh, tomorrow I go to the ashram. When I check in there, I'm buzzing my head off. I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing my hair off. I'm going to shave it right off. I see Sue's reaction <laughs> and uh, not that it's a requirement. In fact, most people there don't do that, but uh, you know, it is, it is kind of a part of a traditional way to live at the ashram and I'm just going to go all in. And I recognize that probably the majority of people are, are not going to be resonating with me, you know, moving into ashrams, shaving their head, waking up at 4am to jump in a cold bath, although we know Brandon will, um, you know, and so I've chosen based on, you know, what I've read in the yoga scriptures, I've chosen a particular path or I'm experimenting, I'm exploring different, different ways of living. Um, and you also, I mean, you're reading the same types of texts and you're interpreting what is yoga and what does it mean to live a yogic lifestyle? What does it mean to engage in the world in your own authentic way? And the point being, you know, she was kind of just like giving me a little dig in the side. She's like, Honda's probably more quote unquote normal uh, than you are. So it's, it's actually really healthy consider Jack to have, you know, if there's two leaders of the community, you know, as if, if you're both moving into ashram and shaving your heads, you know, that, you, that might not be ideal. It actually could be good to have, um, you know, a little difference, a little diversity and some stable ground on both sides. So again, I didn't, I didn't, I know I didn't articulate that nearly as well as she did, but gosh, it just felt so good the way that she presented it and didn't tell me what to do, but just gave me a different perspective. Yeah, that's really, really, I would, yeah, I think it's great with diversity. And then I think that in a way we have gone through this in the past as well, because a lot of the people who are in our trainings are women as well. So then I think it's good that there's, uh, you know, that it's not just masculine system and masculine energy. And so there's many things where we kind of complement or no complete. And what's the word that I'm looking for? Complete each other. And, and all of us in the community that we bring our different perspectives, I think is yeah. valuable and makes space for more of the human experience. Cause it's multidimensional. <laughs> 
and varies from individual to individual. And, and I think that a lot of people are drawn to all of the qualities that you bring and, and the insight and the learning and your drive is very inspiring that those are just some things that I cannot contribute with in the same way. So. Yeah, yeah that's I right. We, that. we, we bring, we bring, it's important, the different perspectives we bring in. And, and I guess I just want to kind of establish and clarify for everybody listening, you know, live with us and on the podcast platforms, you know, it may, th this, this conversation may appear of like, oh, are things shaky? How are they going to unfold? How are they going to unravel? And I mean, true time will tell, but something, you know, really after this Christmas holiday, I think that you and I, Hannah, can both agree on is that we feel really good about our co-creation of Happy Jack Yoga and, and the community we have here and the, the vision we have for this year, 2024 and beyond. So I think we're, I guess we're sharing this not at a stage, you know, because some of my stories I share like, oh yeah, I've navigated alcohol, you know, handled that, you know, and all the other different adversities. Rather, we're sharing this journey in real time and it may not, you know, be perfectly articulated yet. Um, but, you know, I think that's, that's part of, part of being a teacher, part of, part of being a yogi. Yeah. And I love the, I love the messy middle. And I think that it's a challenge for us to do it, to share things that we haven't quite finished navigating and we're mindful and we talk about it outside of the podcast also to, you know, so that we both kind of feel good about it. We make sure that both of us are comfortable with what we, what is shared here. So that's, I feel great. And I think what I think Jack is that I feel like, I think that you love me. You learn to love me more now than before because your love is coming more and more unconditional towards me as mm -hmm. in this relationship that we are in now. Yeah, absolutely. That is the interesting thing, right? It's like, since we uncoupled and it's almost like the further, the further we go away from having been an intimate couple, it's like the better we get along, the more respect, the more love, um, and, and not, not to say that it can't exist within an intimate relationship, but just the nature of the dynamic of our paths. Um, yeah, and the timing of our path. Like sometimes I would feel grief when I notice that you are now becoming the guy I would have wanted to meet when I first met you. <laughs> the way you participate in life and the way, you know, your spirituality, your collaboration in the home like all of these good qualities that now come easy for you um sometimes i feel like oh i wish we had always had this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 interesting how it how it goes and you know the other thing that um that my therapist shared you know she's talking about like the internal landscape like things you know we get to have a, an ongoing dialogue around like boundaries and and what is healthy what is it how much time can we spend together can we live together of course it's possible but let's you know talk about that how much time do we live together how much time do we spend together what feels right um and as, as she was talking about this like internal landscape and and having to eventually have a detachment um you know i'm i'm the guy i'm like i'm looking for the action what do i do do i 
do I, do I pray? Do I wish? Like, what, what do I do to, to, to achieve this internal detachment? And she's like, well, you could do any of those suggestions. I said, you know, you could pray um, if it feels authentic. And she said, but, you know, of course, you know, the, the, the way she articulated, she said, like, you know, praying or wishing for like, you know, dear, dear divine, dear Krishna, dear God, whoever you, a, a person prays to, um, you know, please, please allow the, the highest expression of Hanna's and my relationship to unfold, whatever that may be. You know, and it's just like, oh yeah, that's like a high level prayer, you know, versus maybe maybe a low level prayer that I felt a couple of weeks ago would be like, you know, dear God, please, please ensure that Hannah doesn't meet anybody. You know, that's not that's not very high level prayer. That's not empowering you um, or like wishing for you to change or, you know, something like that. But just this this holding the space for of like, dear, you know, divinity, please allow the highest expression of our relationship to unfold whatever that looks like and it's like mm -hmm. yeah that, that felt good i love that that makes my heart like expand when i hear that and it that prayer and it makes me smile because it's very similar to the prayer i feel like i expressed and was exposed to when i was in italy last time in the church in tuscany where i had like a really incredibly uplifting prayer moment by myself and it was very similar to what you just mentioned that your therapist had suggested like a high level level prayer where you ask that i in that prayer asked for my life and my love and my work to be mm -hmm. at a level where it's so to say merits god's glory and grace so that it merits the blessings that it not merits but exudes and matches that type of life and that type of you know vibration i i'm lacking the words how to say that feeling and how that prayer landed to me but mm -hmm. then i'm also thinking when you say this the reason why it makes my heart feel really good and like emotional and and expand is that that type of desire sets the other person free when that type of love where there is freedom for the other person to be who they are and be loved unconditionally and that to me feels like the type of love that i want to live in and that doesn't mean I'm free to do whatever I want, but I will, out of my love, I will do things that are helpful and that are at the highest level. Just like we say in some mantra, we say in Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu, we say, let all beings everywhere be happy and free. And that means that we are abundant, that we can be generous with each other that it doesn't cost me anything to be there for another human being and give them what they need. You know, it's not transactional love. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's the, that's the ideal. That's it's, I guess it's such a, it's such an honor. I feel to be on this journey and like waking up in a way 
you know, this is having read the Bhagavad Gita over the holidays, and it really is about waking up and, and becoming self-realized. And it's, and, um, you know, and I shared that little uh, idea with you last night, um, just like, you know, the advanced yogi is not the one who can memorize the Bhagavad Gita or memorize all the verses and the scriptures, but it's the one who doesn't, doesn't have a tendency for judgment and criticism. And when I heard that, it's like, well, that's what I want. That's like, that's my area for opportunity. And, and I, I feel like, you know, I guess just through this conversation, through these, you know, conversation, and this is where like self-inquiry or svadhyaya, the Sanskrit term is so important, self-study, right? And that comes through perhaps conversation with a therapist, perhaps conversation with a friend, per conversation within community. Um, but then just being able to, uh, I feel like the more, the more real I can be and the more authentic, it just, it sets me free. You know, I, I met with, and I, yeah, I was going to say, I met with, um, so for the Krishna and Christ course, which is coming up next week, it's going to be epic. We got a very special guest. If you're, if you're part of the community, please don't miss the live call on module three, day three, Friday. Um, we got a very special guest. I'll, in fact, I'll let you know who it is right now. Um, it's uh, so my professor from Harvard Divinity School, Professor Francis Clooney. And I was on a call yesterday with him kind of preparing for the course. And, and I noticed um, because I feel like he looks out for me, you know, and he wants the best for me truly. And so when, when I let him know that, uh, or when I, when I thought about letting him know that I'm moving into the yoga ashram and, and, you know, going to shave my head and all this, I thought that he would be worried for me, just like I, I would think my parents would be worried for me if they knew all the details of everything. But I said, and you know, that what? is like, because he's not of that faith tradition. And not even just, just to clarify he's of that faith, but you know, um, why would he be worried for you? I just want, want you to be, can you explain that? Um, maybe, maybe go too deep in, and, you know, because, um, as you have suggested, right? Like if I, sometimes I'm the type of personality to go really deep in and go all in and, you know, climb the ladder of, climb the ladder of the Tony Robbins organization, check, did that. Climb the ladder of this organization, check, did that. And, you know, and um, anyways, kind of like striving and more of an achieve, achiever, striver, driver type mindset. But I guess, yeah, so not because of his, because he's a Catholic priest who, who who has studied yoga philosophy for 50 plus years. But I guess I just, um, I don't know, I just, I recognize that, you know, it's, it's a big decision to join a, a spiritual community and to spend time there and to perhaps, you know, identify with them. Like, um, so anyways, I just had this like internal resistance. But, but on, you're not getting yeah. initiated. So in, no, is that correct? That's correct. As of now. Yeah. So you're just going there to spend time and live a yogic life. But That's correct. you felt conflicted about sharing that with him. Yeah. And what did and, he say? Yeah. And I feel like like it um, you know, he understood. He's like, I I get it, you know, you're you want you want the full immersion, you know, before you go back to Canada to you've got this opportunity. You know, and, and in fact he said like I I would love if you hosted a little uh, a, a talk, a conference, a mini conference at, at Harvard Divinity School, 
and share about your experience because we have others in the community that would be very interested in that and it's it's quite courageous of you to to go all in like this so i I guess again i was building up this story of maybe he's going to judge me and he's going to he's going to see me next week at the chorus with a shaved head and he's going to be like this guy's gone off the deep end he's lost it you know uh which which (laughs) and 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 just to see that he didn't and and maybe you know he probably wouldn't do it himself of course but the fact that he held the space and respected my decision, I, I guess I just felt more free because um, I'm going to have to see him all semester anyways. It was just a reminder of hiding things and holding things in doesn't feel good and fully expressing it feels really good. And, and I'm aware that sometimes we have to be sensitive based on who is there and what we say, but it just, it was just a reminder. And so it's, uh, yeah, of how good it feels to be in full self-expression. And, and so that's not withholding. And then that's also integrity. Is that right? Yeah. yeah inte- integrity with myself. And, and I guess it's also a part of it is not worrying what other people will think about me. Because I have this interesting relationship of like worrying what others will think. Because on the one side, I'm shaving my head next, like, tomorrow or the next day, like, you know, I get there tomorrow. And on the one side, like, I know some people are going to look at me and think I'm nuts and I look crazy or what are you doing? So on that side, it's like, I don't care. But, but on a, like a deeper level, uh, like, okay, fine. You judge my hair. No problem. I don't care about that. But on a deeper level, like, um, if, if somebody's questioning my decisions or my spiritual path or my beliefs, uh i do care and i i wish i i wish i could say i don't worry what others think but there is an element of that there i'm I'm just aware it's still there um that that's a part of attachment and uh, i guess that came up for me a little bit and do you think this fear is something primal like not belonging to a group and feeling like an outsider or what would like if you were to like look at the fear that has been there so, so, so how, say how, would again, you des- how, how would you describe this fear of hmm. um of being maybe judged by other people by your choices would is that like a primal fear of not belonging to that group if you were to describe the fear I feel like I've stepped into a therapy session here. (laughs) I know I'm just teasing. Um, You are studying it. You know, I've heard that question before and I haven't really reflected on it. Like I haven't really thought about it for myself. You know, it's not a matter of my safety. It's not a fear for safety. Um, I guess I feel, I feel like it's a, I don't, you know what it is? I feel like I don't want to disappoint other people. Like I shared last week about how I, I would be sensitive how much of my bhakti yoga path I would share with my mom, not because I don't want to be authentic, but I want to be, I want to be sensitive not to hurt her feelings only because she has really no understanding at all about bhakti yoga. So hearing a little bits of things could worry her. And so I have that sensitivity of not wanting to worry my mom and and I had that to a lesser extent with my professor. Of course, it's not a, it's not long, you know, a serious of a relationship, but it's like, um, yeah, just that, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want you to worry about me. And even, I mean, even you, Hanna, 
you know, you have, you have said, and, and rightfully so, you know, be mindful how deep you go down any of these paths, because remember, Jack, you are known to go pretty deep down some rabbit holes and, and not that any of them were bad, but, you know, you, you just kind of go deep and then, and then you try something else. So you've kind of reminded me of that. And so, yeah, I guess. And I, yeah. Pause here. I, the reason why I remind you of that is because that's not why you're doing this. The, the spiritual search is not a ladder, right? As you are noticing. And that's really beautiful to witness because I feel like I can see how it has enriched your life and your personality already now. Yeah. And I feel like actually after the conversation with my therapist yesterday, I actually, it reiterated like the importance of our relationship and friendship because you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about the path I'm on. I, I feel like it feels really good. It feels really healthy. It feels really full of love and full of growth. Um, but it, but I also almost, I, now I feel some additional security knowing that I have a friend like yourself that can keep an eye on me and you, you know, you're seeing the good things happening. Um, but also if, you know, if I do go off the deep end, which I don't know what that means or what it looks like, you know, you have, have a good friend, I have good people in my life, in fact, including the whole community here, that can be like, all right, let's reel it back in. Um, <laughs> but it's like interesting. Oh, look at that. Look at that beautiful little one. Say hi. We won't be able to hear because <laughs> you got the earbuds in, but look at that yeah. beautiful orange. Love it. Yeah. So it's like, it feels good to um, it just feels good to, to have community and to be able to be in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, that was a good little, that was a good little opening monologue. Um, we, we should jump to the, the yoga myth and we'll see how much time we have for the hot seat, but I feel like that was a little mini hot seat maybe, but we'll, let's jump to the yoga myth. Yeah. Our yoga myth today is very simple, and um, I'm sure it will uh, ignite some conversation. And the yoga myth is that yoga is expensive. Mm, got it. Just before I address that, I, I just got to acknowledge, Sue, can I bring you on video for a second? We don't even have to have uh, audio necessarily, but I just, I, does that say David Bowie on your shirt? Oh, yeah. David Bowie representing our resident rocker. Nice one. You know, the funniest thing, the funniest thing I, people tell me I look like David Bowie. I I've, I've got that like 20 times in my life. So it's not just a one-off. I'm, I, I don't get it every day, but I've got it like a bunch of times. Um, so I'll leave that for others. Maybe, maybe not after I shave my head. Um, but okay. So the myth is yoga is expensive. Well, if you take an asana class in Manhattan, or if you take an asana class in Hong Kong, it can be, or probably London, you know, it can be expensive, it, you know, it can be, um, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be, right? It, yoga can be free. Yoga can be sitting, sitting or laying and, and taking deep breaths and focusing our attention on our breath or focusing our attention on our mantra or stretching, uh, yoga mat optional, Right, hun. It's almost ten years ago, twenty fifteen, that you and I were in Africa together in Kenya, helping to lead a two hundred hour yoga teacher training. When we were there in the impoverished areas, uh, the the slums of Nairobi, 
uh, there, there, we, they didn't have yoga mats, right? Like right on the dirt floor. And my goodness, like they, they were doing yoga and they were loving it and they were getting the experience. So yoga does not have to be expensive. Um, I guess being exposed to the teachings, some might argue that is expensive, but, but maybe today in today's day and age when there's social media and everything's online to be exposed to yogic teachings might not be so expensive anymore. I don't think so. I'm, you know, I, right. I feel like maybe there's like a curve like this, like in the beginning it was cheap because it was a lifestyle. And if you were lucky to be exposed to it in India, you know, it wasn't like what we think about yoga classes in Manhattan. Then yoga came to the West and it became, you know, actors would do it. And then, teachers were not that many and the studios maybe charged something and then it kept going up like that. But now I feel like that the U turn is going down again. Yeah. Especially after the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, there, there's so many yoga classes. Everybody has access to YouTube. In fact, it's, I hear staggering statistics that there's people, there's people, there's, there's millions of people around the world uh, in third world countries who do not have access to clean water, clean drinking water, but you better believe they have Wi-Fi and cell phones and access to the internet. There, there's a lot of people that have, it's quite, it's quite incredible. So in that sense, you know, we have, there's all kinds of free yoga classes online on YouTube. There's all kinds of great educational content. Um, and, and I would say even, even for certification, you know, since the pandemic, things have gotten a lot more affordable. Like it used to be to, to train with us, right? You know, 10 years ago, if you came with us to Bali or to Mallorca, Spain, or to Helsinki or to Costa Rica, or, you know, where all the different places that we did, you know, you, you, you were spending three to three to four thousand dollars um, to, to earn a 200 hour certification. And, and right, you got, you got flights, flights. flights, accommodations, and in uh, addition, and then time away from family, time away from work. So it was, it, it was a very significant investment. And, you know, since the pandemic, being able to take all of the teachings, all of the, all of the content and bring it online to the comfort of your own home um, for a fraction of the price, right? Like a person theoretically, you know, anybody listening to this right now, of course, the yogis who are with us on, you know, are, are members, but somebody could sign up right now for a monthly membership to Happy Jack Yoga University, sign up for four months, and now for a matter of hundreds of dollars, earn a 200-hour yoga teacher certification and read the Google reviews. It still works. It's still very effective. In fact, I would say it's somehow more effective and more incredible. So, so even, even the, the teacher training and the certification side, um, is, is accessible to many. Yeah. When we talk about finances and like that, but then I, I was thinking when I was thinking about this myth and the topic, I was thinking about like, to be able to do yoga, you need to have peace of mind or you, this is what like yoga I think brings to most people, if we're talking now about the physical yoga poses, um, because that's like what we in the West think of as yoga, right? Doing yoga poses. 
-hmm. but then I'm thinking like moments where I felt like I did not have access to that was when I was in, you know, some kind of storm of grief or navigating depression and overwhelm and anxiety um, at different stages of my life. And that has led me to think that peace of mind is a privilege. I don't always have access to that. And I'm a super privileged person, I would say, despite all my challenges, um, you know? Mm-hmm. So then that could be like maybe something that makes yoga and this kind of mindset a little bit exclusive because if someone has a lot of challenges, it's hard to also take in the teachings and it's hard to live them and implement them because mm-hmm. of the circumstances. Yeah, and I feel like we need the we need the initial exposure. So we can we can say all day long that hey yoga is you can do it for free. It's it's free on YouTube. It's you don't need any accessories. But if we don't have if we live in an area of the world and we just have no exposure to it, that's why I'm so inspired by members of our community who are taking yoga into addiction centers and taking yoga into working with professional athletes or you're taking yoga into the, the Parkinson's community or taking yoga into the kids community, right? Like all the different things that these, these yogis are doing and, and, and just making it accessible, making it possible, planting seeds. And I guess when I think about like, you know, the, so again, the myth yoga is expensive, you know, there's, it's, there's like the, the kind of the idea of either pay now or pay later. So even if you want to talk about investing, right, it can be done for free, let's establish that. But even if you want to talk about like taking it a little bit more seriously and having some investment, it's like either we can invest in ourselves now at this stage, whether we're young, whether we're middle aged, whether we're senior, it doesn't matter, or wait until decades down the line, and we didn't prioritize our health, we didn't prioritize our mental um, health. And and then we have other challenges to face, which can become costly. So it's, you know, I think of another analogy of that, which is a little different, not yoga, but with regards to nutrition, it's like, you know, it's like there, there's again, kind of a, a little cliche saying you can pay the farmer or pay the doctor. I would rather pay the farmer for organic, clean, healthy food. So I would, I, I spend, that's like my, for sure, my biggest expense is is food and you know i buy all organic and i'm not saying everybody else needs to but i i really i really invest in good quality healthy organic food um with the hopes and intention of preventing you know having to pay the doctor down the road and of course you know you know life is unpredictable for all of us but there's a lot better chance when we invest up front whether it's nutrition or whether it's yoga yeah yeah, interesting. So, so that's so. I think let, let, we bust that myth. There's no way yoga. Um, you know, I, I I appreciate that. You know, there are there are ways to to spend money. And you know, that being said, we should establish at the same time yoga is a billion with a B dollar industry. So, can a person spend money? Are there people spending money? Is there opportunity for us as yoga teachers to make a living? absolutely you know so there are opportunities and 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 why not if we're gonna if we're gonna spend money every month for a netflix subscription 
why not spend money for a yoga education subscription or, you know, whatever. Um, so, so there is ways to spend, but at the same time, you know, the, I would say, and I, I don't mean this harshly, but at the same time, I feel like there's not an excuse to, to, to have access to yoga with all of the free online resources. And if you're listening, you're looking for directions, uh, we've got all kinds of free content. Uh, we're happy to share it. Send us an email at info at happyjackyoga.com. And, and all of these amazing yogis who are with us here. Uh, we got, we got Noella, Sue, Brandon, Alice Scott, Yada, and everybody listening on the podcast, you know, they, they, they have amazing offerings and workshops and classes and different things. But I would also say that yoga can initially be expensive, but then the impact of yoga isn't like once it is part of who you are and it's part of your spirituality and your way of breathing and regulating your nervous system, that doesn't cost any money. Mm -hmm. It's a skill, I think. Yeah. Like the results of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it comes down to what we prioritize. You know, this is something I shared on Sunday satsang a couple of days ago. You know, I mentioned that, you know, for example, my brother, you know, awesome guy, four years younger than me, a bit younger. Um, and he's, he's living a very traditional life, right? He, he built his own home. He started his own business, like in the construction industry and, and he's doing well, you know, and he, he, he bought a tractor and they have multiple snowmobiles and, and multiple vehicles and, you know, lots of assets and lots of, and, and, and so from the outside, like he's succeeding in life, right? His kids are immersed in hockey and, and, and by all means he is, he's doing very well and he's succeeding. He's, he's prioritized certain things, right? You know, snowmobiles are not uh, inexpensive to, to take care of a boat, boat gas, like it just guzzles the gas. Um, so he, for example, and not to make, you know, he's not doing anything wrong at all. He has certain priorities for himself and his family. And my priorities are very different. You know, we were, that's right. We were talking about like simplifying our lives and, and, um, and for, for some, for some yogis who maybe are making a shift, they're in a career that is really not nourishing. And in fact, pulling them down and, and really seriously thinking about letting go of that career and, and going full on in the yoga and which is very inspiring. And, and anytime we make a decision like that, I certainly did. I had to, I had to make adjustments to my lifestyle. And so it doesn't mean that we can't have all of those things, a house and a snowmobile and a boat. We can have all of those things and be yoga teachers for sure. And the more things that we have, it's, it's more responsibility. And that's not a bad thing, but it is what it is. It's more responsibility. And for myself at this stage of life, for whatever reason, I'm choosing to, to really simplify and to not have those extra things that I think would have defined me in the past. I would have had them define me like, Ooh, I've got a fancy vehicle or I've got a fancy this or that. And now it's like, I'm, I'm that's, that's part of the reason why at the ashram we shave our head. It's not like it, it's not that it's cool. It's not that it's not about joining the club. It's a, in a way it's about not having attachment, not having attachment to how we look, not having attachment to what others think about us. And it's like, if, we can do that for some period of time. Then we come back into the quote unquote real world and, and we have a, hopefully a healthier relationship with, with these other things. Some thoughts. Yeah. And I think it's also like a rite or a ritual 
that you go through symbolically and it ha it will have an impact when when you kind of renounce your you know your outward expression yeah yeah so nice one great conversation so that's i mm -hmm. think let's let's bust that myth yoga um is not yoga sure it could be expensive um and it doesn't have to be yeah mm -hmm. i like that noella says for me it's expensive not to have yoga no doubt right i get that i totally get that um why don't we do this uh, oh, and I love this. Sue is saying, I didn't read it all, but when I finally get up and running with her plans, which you will, to bring yoga to the neurological community, I hope to be able to uh, to do it for little or no cost to, to the students. You really feel strongly about being able to do that. And that's that's the thing is, you know, when the work that we were doing in Africa, uh, Hanna, right, the students there weren't paying, they, they were on scholarship, right? So they we there's certain communities, whether it's whatever that community is, sometimes we want to make it fully accessible. So there's no, no boundaries, no limitations. And then there's other demographics where we can earn a living, right? And there are people who are able to invest in their education. So super exciting. We have, we have got five minutes left. Um, we, we hit me with a hot seat question. Let's see if we can okay, see. It, it could take you a while to answer, but let's see if you can be concise. <laughs> okay. So question number one, what are you leaving behind in 2023 in terms of a hard lesson that you learned this past year, maybe something that burdened you or something that you don't want to bring forward into this year? Mm. What I'm letting go of, and it, it kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier, is trying to, you know, in a sense, control or manage what our what what your life looks like what our relationship looks like you know kind of hanging on to the past um and it doesn't mean that we can't hang on to the good that we have but also you know in order to in order for either of us to spread our wings and fly and, and be in the highest expression of ourselves you know we have to give each other that space and so i guess i'm letting go of um I get, I'm, I'm working on letting go of that attachment. And I realize it's an, it's, it's all internal work. So nothing externally needs to change from the outside. In fact, we joke about this, Hanna, right? Like if, if probably people see us, they just think we're still a couple. Like, I mean, we were out walking the dog at the start of the, the holiday season and it was icy. And, and you're, you're like holding onto my arm because you were almost falling, slipping all over. So here we are walking down the sidewalk and like arm in arm. And, and uh, we're like, if anybody saw us right now, they'd be like, what, what is going on with these two? Like, they're clearly still a couple. Um, but it's, you know, because, because we have such a, a beautiful friendship and a beautiful relationship. So I guess, you know, with the intention of hanging on to that and, and letting that unfold and grow, but letting go of... Um, yeah, letting go of you or others needing to be like me. I think I think that's a big one. That's a big one that I'm. Wow, I'm that's huge, yeah. and that yeah. aligns with the other intention you mentioned about the not criticizing or I don't know how you worded it earlier. That was really beautiful as well. Yeah, I want to get to that place. That's I want to, and I've you know we've told the story when I was in India and doing all of that letting go work with the fire ceremony. I, 
I did seem to have a different energy of less judgment and less criticism. So something that I want to really practice here at the ashram over the next few months is, you know, continuing that and, and, um, and just being more accepting and being more loving and, and recognizing that no one, and, and that's a good thing that nobody else is like me and that we're all unique. Um, and, and it's a work in progress. So that's, I guess that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to for this year. I love that. That was a great answer. Now to end on a high end, a high note, what yeah. came with ease in 2023 for you? Something that was easy and yeah. abundant and fun. What came with honestly, what came with ease for me is like studying at Harvard Divinity School. Like it's just like my God, I when we went on that sabbatical October 2020 and just spent a week reading. I just, I guess I just fell in love with reading and studying. And so is, even though it's a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment, it's just, it's so easy for me. In fact, that's what I did on the Christmas holidays when I was visiting my parents, I was just like immersed in books and I'm reading and I'm highlighting and underlining stuff. And so I guess I'm, that came with ease, this, I guess this hunger, hunger for wisdom and hunger for the truth and 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 just to you know accent that with i don't think there is only one truth and that's something we'll get to talk about in the christian and christ course you know there isn't only oh this is the way or that is the way um but i'm seeking i'm seeking the truth and and i feel like that's coming through through studying and it's coming through this dialogue it's coming through the dialogue i get to have at school in boston and in the dialogue we get to have here with our community you know, like I'll just say, like this is a beautiful conversation you and I get to have, Hanna, right now, and then others listen to, and the yogis who are here with us live. And I also long for uh, all of the other calls we have within our membership. For so again, coming back to yoga and investing for those who have invested in their yoga education, and they are members of our community, and we meet multiple times a week to talk about various topics. Um, those those conversations are so nourishing for me so that came easy i love it that's wonderful can i say one thing about the questions and the truth that you said um there's a quote by rilke and it says like this i beg you to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language don't search for the answers which could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps then, someday, far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing, live your way into the answer. Mm, nice Isn't that one. Beautiful. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful quote to end on. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'll just you quickly announce a few little uh, logistics. The 200-hour hero's journey starts January 21st. Uh, anybody that would love to join, read the Google reviews and you get a sense of what, what's possible for, for your life. Um, so send us an email if you're interested in that. Christian in Christ starts January 17th. If you want to join us for our weekly yoga class on Fridays. Um, and then everybody who, do, who supports us in Patreon. You know, for the, the price of a cup of coffee per month, gets to support this weekly podcast, 
gives us the inspiration to show up and, and to invest the time in doing the research to create new content and and put everything we have into it. So thank you for all of our Patreon donors. My friends, uh, make it an amazing rest of the day and we'll we'll see you again soon. Namaste. Namaste, friends. Thank you, as always, for being here. It's a co-creation. Thank you. Namaste.